<laughs> I love that song. Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to James, chapter 5. James, chapter number 5. This evening we're going to... Uh, obviously we're not in Genesis this evening, uh, but in James. And spend some time this evening on the subject of prayer. And uh, specifically one aspect of that that's on this list. Uh, this list here, uh, if you take out the, the question at the beginning and the, the boxes to check, take out those things, take out um, under number four, take out the sum of the day and those bullet points there and take out the practice in the back and then list all, list put actually the list of family and friends, church members, and missionaries. Um, this has been what I've had for a prayer list for many years. And this isn't, uh, isn't mine. I don't even know where I got this from. Uh, this, as far as the one, two, three, four, you know, on down to, to verse num- to number 12. Don't know where I got it from or if I combine things to put it together. I don't remember. Um, but it's been a help to me over the years. But in James 5, verse 16, we are text this evening. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. We'll, uh, our text, again, is verse number 16, but we're going to start uh, back at verse number 13 and read down to verse number 18. James 5, and verse number 13, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you for the blessing it is that we can gather together this evening, and I pray that you bless our time together. Thank you, Father, for the songs we've been able to sing. Uh, Father, great uh, words, Lord, in those songs, and uh, set our hearts right to worship you. And, and Father, we thank you for the blessing of good music. And Father, I thank you for the blessing of your word and that we have it preserved for us today. And for the freedom that we have to gather tonight and, and study together and pray together, sing together. Father, we do thank you for those freedoms that many of our brothers and sisters around the world do not enjoy. And Father, may it may come to the point in our nation that uh, we won't get to enjoy them either as far as uh, enjoying the freedom that we have now. But Father, if those times come, I pray that we would be faithful, Lord, that you would use us and prepare us for uh, for those times that we might have the strength to be honoring and glorifying to you in our lives, even in the midst of hard times. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The last part of verse number 16 
It says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That word effectual fervent is from one word. Uh, we get our word energy from that, from the Greek word translated as effectual fervent. Uh, it means to be active, to be efficient, to be operative, to be at work, to put forth power, to be in operation towards a result. And it's used often in the New Testament. And in Matthew 14, verse number 2, it was used in reference to Christ when, they, when his enemies thought that he was John the Baptist early in his ministry. And uh, in Matthew 14, verse number 2, it says, And said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. And therefore a mighty works do show forth themselves in him. That word show forth, or the word show forth, uh, is from the same Greek word, effectual, fervent prayer. Uh, Mighty works do show forth themselves in him. In Philippians 2 verse 13, it says, For it is God which worketh in you, that word worketh, that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That word do also is this same word. Uh, So God effectually works in our life. He's active, he's efficient, he's operative, he puts forth power, he puts forth an operation towards an end result in our life uh, that we would both will and then also put forth that effort and energy and be efficient and operative in order to do what his will is for our life. And in Philippians 2 verse 13, I'm sorry, in Galatians 2 and verse number 8, uh, Galatians 2 and verse number 8, Paul is uh, defending his ministry, describing the early part of his ministry after his salvation and of his time when he first went to uh, Jerusalem. Uh, but in parentheses, he's describing what, how God wrought in Peter's life and how he worked in his life. And he uses the same term in relation to Peter and also to himself. It says, For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So the word mighty and wrought effectually, uh, it's the same word uh, that we have translated here as effectual, fervent uh, prayer. And we consider these different ways that it's used. We consider how God effectually works in a person's life. How as the scribes and Pharisees and their servants, as they uh, saw Christ, saw his miracles, saw his life, and they talked about the mighty works which showed forth from him. We get a picture of this. It's not something that uh, maybe we would characterize our prayer life by. <laughs> uh, would you characterize your prayer life if someone watched, saw your prayer life and the results of your prayer life, would they, would they be like, wow, this is like Jesus. <laughs> uh, just showing forth uh, what's going on, how effectual this is. God's working in this person and working through this person and, and mighty things are happening. Well, in James, we're, we're told that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we're given the example immediately after that of Elias, one that we would think maybe he's on a different plane than we are, a different, uh, different level of, of believer than we are, but he's not. Same plane, same, same level as we are. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. And yet he prayed earnestly that might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So God wrought through him in his prayers as he had effectual, fervent prayer life. 
And if you're going to describe your prayer life, there's a, just a list there of about five things on your page. If you're going to describe your prayer life, how would you, and maybe there's other words that you would describe it as. Maybe these words don't, maybe none of these words you would use to describe your prayer life, but these are maybe some that are maybe more common. When you describe your prayer life as exciting, that's just, it's, God does things and you're excited about praying and, and God's working your heart and God's working through you and you're seeing things happen in your own life. You're seeing uh, prayers answered. Oh, or is it boring? Uh, or is it predictable? <laughs> or sp- sporadic? And sometimes it's sporadic because uh, maybe it's what we would call boring. Uh, is it just routine or rote? Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, you can almost just record your prayers and just hit the play button every night because it's the same thing. It's the same words. And in one sense, you know, why does your prayer life maybe fall into that predictable category or repetitious category? Well, often because it's, we pray for the same things. And we ought to be praying for the same things. I mean, what are some of the typical, typical things that we pray for every day? Hopefully you pray for your family. Hopefully you pray for your future, your finances, or uh, the church, church members, the ministries of the church, services of the church, uh, maybe things going on in your life, exciting things, sad things, uh, crises in your life, whatever it might be, you, you're praying for those as they, they occur. So you have these things that are normal, everyday occurrences of life, but how do you pray for them? <laughs> Has it become just a routine in your life where, yeah, it is kind of, kind of boring because it's, it's the same list uh, on, on, my, on my list? I didn't I took off, you know, I just have listed their list of family, friends, church members, and also non-church members, like missionaries. Uh, so I have this, this list. This is the same list uh, as far as people's names. Does it get boring? <laughs> or just routine, repetitious as we pray? Well, here's some things that, that have helped me over the years in Praying. There's one particular one that I'm going to focus on tonight because it seems to be one that uh, has gained a lot of attention recently, at least. At least there's a lot of books on uh, one of these in particular. Uh, you go to Amazon, type in a particular phrase, and just on the first page, there's, you know, I got written down here five, uh, almost 10 different books, uh, almost the exact same title. <laughs> Uh, by different authors on a particular subject that's been around for, well, forever. Uh, we have God's people uh, praying certain ways, and yet it seems something's becoming very popular. And I do want to spend some time on that because it is something that does help your prayer life. Uh, but the first one here, and really, it's going to be number four. It's what one we're going to focus on this evening, Scripture praying. And 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all those really can fit into to number 4 uh, as, you're, as you're doing this. But we're just going to hit on some of these other ones separately. But just a time of praise as we, as we meditate on who God is, think about who He is and what He's done. And, and here's a list of, of different attributes 
uh, that he uh, that we see in scriptures and and as you pray you don't necessarily have to we, we sing a song tonight be thou exalted and and uh, think about some of these these things here uh, there's a lot to to be able to spend some time in exalting in who God is. Uh, do you have to hit all these? Certainly not. I, I don't hit all these every, every time I'm praying. Uh, oftentimes, depending on what's going on in life, I might just hit one or two of them because that's what I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing His goodness. I'm experiencing His, his faithfulness. Uh, I mean, almost every, every time of a change of season, I'm reminded of God's faithfulness. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for God's faithfulness and even the, the changing of the seasons. Uh, the mundane things of life that, that we may think as mundane, the world might think as mundane, uh, they're not mundane, they are a demonstration of God's faithfulness to us. And, and what a time to be able to sit and just rejoice in we, that we serve a God that, that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can rejoice in these different uh, uh, characteristics of, of God, praise Him for those things, exalt in, in the God that we serve. Uh, we can wait on him as we, again, just um, consider these attributes of God. Uh, there may be some times when we consider his work in our life in, in relation to those attributes where uh, maybe we're, sometimes we're kind of bucking up against what he's trying to do in our, in our life. Uh, when you know, we're, we're experiencing God's patience and long-suffering, but why are we experiencing that? And some, there may be some times in our life that we just need to surrender to him and say, God, you've been very long-suffering to me in this area of my life, and I just need to surrender and get things right and, and make things right and, and surrender to your will. And so it's a time of reflecting again back on those characteristics of, of God. Uh, confession, again, uh, as you consider his, all those attributes to be things in your own life that you'll understand, I'm coming up far short of what God wants for me. And so it's a time to deal with those sins. Uh, number five, we'll come back to number four, but uh, number five, on the list of watching, a time of observation, uh, intercession, uh, petition, uh, you know, some of the things that we normally think about in prayer, uh, thanksgiving, a time of appreciation, uh, confessing our blessings to God, uh, singing. It's a great thing to do in your prayer time uh, is, is to sing. Uh, meditate, um, listening, and time of meditation of, and this isn't some, uh, there's some practices today among some Christians where it almost gets into the, the, uh, uh, yoga form of meditation, okay? We're not talking about yoga here, okay? We're not talking about that kind of meditation, uh, which is, which is a false worship, which is, a, which is uh, ungodly. We ought not to be involved in it all. That kind of meditation where we're emptying our mind out. And, uh, you know, nowhere in Scripture are we supposed to empty our mind and think about nothing. Okay, we have to meditate on who God is and what He's done. So all these things are maybe some that we consider a lot. But number four is one that I find probably the, the most exciting part. And I was reminded of this because my... My mom wrote me a, a text this week uh, asking if I had seen a particular book or read a particular book uh, because my brother-in-law had, had given it out to everyone in the church and, and she says it was helping her. I said, well, I haven't read the book, but I, 
I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's something that's been being done for, for years. But if you look up Scripture praying, if you went to Amazon and looked up uh, Scripture praying, you'd find books, uh, Praying the Scriptures by Justin Cornwall, Praying the Scriptures for Your Life by Jody Burnt, Praying the Scriptures for Your Marriage by Jody Burnt, Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, for Your Teens, for Your Adult Children, all by the same person. Uh, the Art of Praying the Scriptures by John Paul Jackson, uh, Praying the Scriptures by Stephanie Hoyt, uh, Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney, and that's the book that she had mentioned to me, uh, Praying the Scriptures by Evan Howard, Praying the Scriptures by Jeremiah Williamson, uh, Praying God's Word Back to Him by Rita Thomas, and, and many others. And some of these are books, I, mean, I don't recommend any of them, they all may be wonderful, but I don't recommend any of them because I don't know the authors. And uh, some of them uh, would maybe fall into the, that a Catholic would get because in the, and it's just a, a liturgical opening up to, to something and just reading the Scriptures as a prayer, like they would read the Lord's, what they call the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, and, and just repeating that as a liturgical practice. That's not, when we consider praying the Scriptures or Scripture praying, that's not what we're referring to. It's not that type of just uh, reading uh, the Scriptures or praying just the Scriptural words themselves uh, as a liturgical form. That's not what we're dealing with. Again, this is not something new. Uh, this is something that's been practiced for, uh, for a long time. Uh, one, one of these men, Evan Howard, in his book, it says, to pray the Scriptures is to order one's time of prayer around a particular text in the Bible. To order our prayer around a particular text. Uh, so an example of this is selecting a text that's meaningful to you. Maybe you're dealing with some things in your life. Maybe you're uh, dealing with maybe sin in your life or something's been happening in your life and you've been confessing and, and Psalm 32 is just really... God's been dealing with you hard about it, and so you, you turn to Psalm uh, 32, and you're going to, uh, so go ahead and turn to Psalm 32, we'll just uh, turn there just so you can, you can see, see that particular psalm. <clears throat> so Psalm 32, a prayer, a wonderful prayer. Uh, Psalm of David, when he was dealing with sin in his life, uh, very, um, I see a famous psalm, it's, it's, it's quoted in the New Testament as well, uh, blessed is he whose transgressions are, is forgiven, whose sin is covered, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. So great, great psalm dealing with this. So maybe you're dealing with, with that, and so that you pick a particular passage such as, as that, and you ask God just to, to help, to bless your time of prayer, and you start reading through the passage, meditating on, just going verse by verse, meditating on that. And when you finish the verse, you, you use that as a basis of your prayer, and you just you thank God for uh, the blessings of your sins being forgiven and, and dealing with that. Or maybe you're, as you're praying about that, uh, you think about someone that just got saved. <laughs> Well, we think of that, that so-and-so in church just got saved. Thank you for, that you forgave their sins and that you worked in their life and you start praying for that person, uh, even though it's maybe unrelated to what you're originally dealing with, but the Lord brought that person to your mind as you read verse number one. 
Or maybe they brought, he brought a situation in your mind that a church family is dealing with that's completely, completely unrelated to that verse, but that's what the Lord brought to your heart as you were reading that verse. And so you start praying for that family in church or that couple in church who's dealing with some issues or dealing with children, and you use that verse as a, as a means of just bringing to your mind things you need to pray about. And oftentimes when we pray, we may get distracted, our mind wanders, and so this is easy. Our mind starts to wander. You, well, now you go to verse number two. <laughs> you read the next verse. Uh, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. And maybe you just go on to verse number three, and, and you don't necessarily pray with every verse, but um, you just read and meditate on the Scriptures, and as the Lord brings things to mind, you uh, pray for those things. And you use the words of the Bible to to guide your prayers, to, to guide your worship, uh, to guide your confession of, of sin, those other things that we mentioned on this, uh, on this list, the praise. You, you, you read through the Psalms and you'll have all kinds of opportunities to, to praise Him for His mercy and His grace and His power. Or maybe there's times of confession or intercession, uh, petitions on behalf, behalf of others. You're just using those, those scriptures to help you, uh, to, to help you Pray in a different way, maybe, than what is normal. So it's prayerfully reading the Scriptures and letting them bring the request to our mind. And it may not even be what the verse is talking about, as I mentioned. Uh, but if someone comes to your mind while you're reading that, pray for them. An example, uh, Psalm 95, verse number 10. Let's say you're reading through Psalm 95 and praying through that and you come to verse number 10, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. And as you're reading that, you think, Sister so-and-so is turning 40 years old this week. Lord, bless, would you bless her? <laughs> uh, would you bless this coming year in her life? Let, let this year be the most joyful year of her life. Uh, Lord, she's been you know, praying for her brother to get saved. And, and Lord, would you allow her to, to witness to her brother this, this year and, and win him to the Lord this year? And, and what brought it to your mind? Well, it just said 40 years. And that brought that person to your mind, so you pray for them. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, Lord, I still, have, I, I still need $40 to, to, to pay my rent this month. And you've been providing me through the years, and I know you're going to be faithful, but Lord, I, I really need this money, and uh, will you please provide for this? And Lord, help me not to be like these Israelites that you know, saw you provide in those 40 years, and saw the miracle, saw your provision, yet they, they erred in their heart. Lord, help me not to earn my heart as I wait for you. And where'd you get, why would you pray about that $40 that you're short? Well, just because it said 40 in, the, in that verse, and that's what came to your mind. And so you can uh, use the scriptures, and you can be systematic about it. Uh, on, on your sheet, I believe you have Psalm of the Day there, and uh, you can use the psalm of the day to pray if you're going to use the psalms. And, and what is the psalm of the day? Well, whatever the date is, today's the 14th, so Psalm 14 would be the psalm of the day. Uh, but if you're only going to use the first day, you only get through uh, the first, you know, fifth of the book. And so you can add 30 days to that. So you have the 14th, the 40, uh, so you have Psalm 14, Psalm 44, Psalm 74, Psalm 104, Psalm 134. Now those would be the, the five psalms of the day. And so you can kind of just quickly look at those different psalms, and, and if the Lord kind of lays in your heart to read one of them, then, then 
pray through that psalm. Or maybe you'll go to one of the New Testament epistles uh, and, as you're, and, and pray that or the, or the Gospels. Uh, if you're going to go through the Gospels or, or some other narrative portion of Scripture, it would be best probably to, to read the whole story and see the principles and those things before you to pray, because as you're praying a narrative, it's a little bit different from the Psalms, quite a bit different from the Psalms. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this concerning the Psalms and prayer. He says, the Psalms are given us to this end that we may learn to pray them in the name of Jesus Christ. And that sentiment is made by a lot of people uh, throughout history, um, describing the Psalms as a book that was given to us to help us to pray. Another man said, uh, for freshness of utterance, for breadth of comprehension, for elevation of thought, for intimacy of heart, there is no prayer like that which forms itself in the words and thoughts of Scripture. Robert Murray McShane uh, said, said, turn the Bible into prayer. This is the best way of knowing the meaning of the Bible and of learning to pray. Another said that, that, that for 30 centuries, God's people have found the Psalms and answered an answer to the disciples' plea, Lord, teach us to pray. So the Psalms is a great book. Is it, consider the Psalms as those men were going through life. Uh, they dealt with a lot of struggles, a lot of things that we go through. And oftentimes you'll find that as you're going through a particular psalm, uh, the psalmist is dealing with the same things you're dealing with. <laughs> and so it's a great way to, to pray. Um, an example of, of a man in history, if you consider men of prayer in our modern times, the last couple hundred years, uh, what are, what's a name that might come to your mind as a, as a man of prayer? You can, what are some men of prayer that you think of in history, modern history, last 200 years, that you think of really are men of prayer? Mueller. George Mueller. Anyone, that name pop in anyone else's mind? Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Okay. Uh, Mueller has one kind of that we think about as, as a man of prayer uh, in his orphanages there in, in uh, England. Uh, he cared for over 10,000 orphans in his lifetime. Uh, and he never made his needs known to anyone except to God. If someone even asked him what his needs were, he would tell them, I, don't, I tell those to God. <laughs> so uh, he didn't tell his, what the needs were. And in his prayer journal, he listed over 50,000 specific answers to prayer. Uh, 30,000 of those that he said were answered in the same day or the same hour in which they were prayed. Uh, Consider that. That's over one answered prayer a day, uh, every day for 60 years that he wrote down in his journal as being answered. In today's money, the amount of money that he... uh, that went through his hands in answer to prayer in today's money, adjusting for inflation, is over $500 million in money that he prayed for that came to him and through him in answer to prayer. But for the first 10 years of his life, he referred to his prayer life as one of a struggle, one that he would lose focus on, wandering of the mind, but then he changed how he prayed, and this is, this is uh, what he said. He says, Now I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself to the reading of the Word of God and to meditate on it, that thus my heart might be comforted, encouraged, warned, reproved, instructed. 
and that thus, whilst meditating, my heart might be brought into experimental communion with the Lord. I began, therefore, to meditate on the New Testament from the beginning, early in the morning. The first thing I did after having asked in a few words the Lord's blessing upon his precious word was to begin to meditate on the word of God, searching, as it were, into every verse to get blessing out of it, not for the sake of the public ministry of the word, not for the sake of preaching on what I had meditated upon, but for the sake of obtaining food for my soul. The result I have found to be almost invariably this, that after a very few minutes my soul had been led to confession or to thanksgiving or to intercession or to supplication, so that though I did not, as it were, give myself to prayer, but to meditation, yet turned almost immediately, more or less, into prayer. When thus I have been for a while making confession or intercession or supplication, where I've given thanks, I go on to the next words or verse, turning all as I go on into prayer for myself or others, as the word may lead to it. But still continually keeping before me that food for my own soul is the object of my meditation. The result of this is that there is always a good deal of confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or intercession mingled with my meditation. That my inner man almost invariably is even sensibly nourished and strengthened, and that by breakfast time, with rare exceptions, I am in a peaceful, if not happy, state of heart. Thus also the Lord is pleased to communicate unto me that which very soon after I have found to become food for other believers, though it was not for the sake of the public ministry of the word that I gave myself to meditation, but for the profit of my own inner man. He goes on and says that the difference then between my former practice and my present one is this. Formerly when I arose, I began to pray as soon as possible and generally spent all my time till breakfast in prayer or almost all the time. At all events, I almost invariably began with prayer except when I felt my soul to be more than usually barren, in which case I read the word for food or for refreshment or for a revival and renewal of my inner man before I gave myself to prayer. But what was the result? I often spent a quarter of an hour or half an hour, even an hour on my knees before being conscious to myself of having derived comfort, encouragement, or humbling of soul. And often, after having suffered much from wandering of mind for the first ten minutes or a quarter of an hour, or even half an hour, I only then began really to pray. I scarcely ever suffer now in this way, for my heart being flourished by the truth, being brought into experimental fellowship with God, I speak to my father and to my friend, vile though I am and unworthy of it, about the things that he has brought before me in his precious word. So he's describing that when he just went right to prayer and, and kind of left the word out of it, that his mind would wander. It might be 15 minutes or half hour or even an hour where his mind is just really wandering and he's not really praying much. But once he started meditating on the word and integrating that with his, with his praying, when he started scripture praying, uh, that he says, scarcely now I, I suffer from that at all. In, uh, in that one book I mentioned, uh, Praying the Bible is the name of it, I'm not sure if it's a current, if it's a lot newer book or not, but uh, in that book, he just mentioned some of the benefits that others have mentioned when they started, started this. And, and these things that I found uh, true for myself as well, uh, one is that my, these are all quotations, my mind doesn't wander. You know, it's easier to stay focused when you have a passage to go through. You find your mind wandering, you just you can go to the next verse. Uh, one says, my prayer was more about God and less about me. And so you, ha- you tend to have prayers that are more God-centered than, 
than me-centered. Uh, the, the time is so short, people say that. You know, they'll, they'll pray, and they'll, whether they pray for 10 minutes or an hour, it just seems to go by so quickly. Uh, it seemed like a real conversation with a real person, and that's what prayer is. <laughs> we're, we're talking to God, and it ought to be, it is a real conversation with a real person. And so we ought to feel like we are having a real conversation with a real person when, when we pray. Another one said that the psalm spoke directly to the life situation I am in right now. And I mentioned that earlier. Another one says, I thought more deeply about what the Bible says. Again, it's not just a method of praying, but you're meditating on the Word. And oftentimes you'll, you'll find that even though you didn't necessarily set out to memorize a passage of Scripture or a verse, or the next day, you'll remember a particular verse in our psalm that you pray because it, God used that in your prayer life, and you remember that verse, and you can, you can quote that verse. Another one says, I have greater assurance that I was praying God's will. Well, why would you have greater assurance that you're praying God's will? Because you're using his word to do that. Uh, but this one here is one that, to help with the predictable, the routine, the rote, the repetitious prayers, is that I prayed about things I normally do pray about, but I prayed about them in new and different ways. And consider that. You consider those things you normally pray about, your family, your future, your, your church family, your finances, your maybe crisis that goes on in your life. You, those things that are, are normally on your prayer list, consider how often you might pray, you know, Lord, uh, bless and help my children today. But if you're praying through Psalm 23, and verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you're praying for your children, how would your prayer be different? Uh, Lord, you please shepherd my children today. You, you are, you're the great shepherd. They need your direction. They need your help today. It's, it's, you're still praying for, I mean, you're still praying, bless them, but it's, it's different. If you're praying in Psalm 32 that we looked at, uh, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, and you're praying for your children, and Lord, would you please work in the life of my children? They're, you know, they've got sin in their life, they're dealing with these things, and, and they're, they're miserable. They're in rebellion right now, and they're miserable, and, and, and they need for you to work in their life, and God, I want them to experience this blessedness of, of having their sins forgiven and their uh, sin covered, and Lord, would you work in their life and bring them to a place of repentance over this particular sin? Or maybe Psalm 40, verse number 4, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. And again, you're praying but for your children, you bless this man that maketh the Lord his trust. Lord, help my children to, to to trust in you, not in me or, or their strength or their intellect. Lord, Lord, help them to make you their trust today as they go about their day. Psalm 55, verse 17. Uh, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Lord, please help my children to have an effectual prayer life with you. Help them to have a consistent prayer life where they're spending time every single day, multiple times in the day, uh, praying to you and, and seeking your will. Okay, that's, that's different from just saying, Lord, bless them and help them. Psalm 78, verse number 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. And we can pray for our children as they're out of the house and they have children. We're praying for them that, Lord, help them 
to raise up another generation that will serve you. And there's so much in these verses, Psalm 9 verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Well, how will you pray, use that verse, what will the Lord bring to your mind if you're praying for your children in relation to that verse, or your husband, or your, your wife, or your parents? Psalm 104 verse 10 and 11 he sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. She had verses like that. How, how would you, what might God bring to your mind as you read a psalm like that? Lord, my, my children may be going through some valleys today. <laughs> but Lord, it says they give drink to every beast of the field. Lord, supply for their needs and give them, they're going through some hard times right now. Lord, you supply for them exactly what they need today. I mean, you're asking God to bless them and help them, but it's different. You're using different words and different thoughts, and, and it's new and it's fresh. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 2, Thou knowest my downsing, mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. How often do our children uh, think because they're not in, our, in the sight of their parents that they can get away with things? <laughs> Lord, help my kids to understand that even though I'm not there, you're there. You know their thoughts. You see what they're doing even when I'm not around or when mom's not around. And uh, Lord, help them to understand that you, you always see them. Help them to, to change their, their actions and their thoughts, understanding that you see everything that they, that they do and you, you hear every thought that they think. Lord, help them to mold their day after the knowledge of, of your knowledge of them. So as we pray through these Psalms or other passages of Scripture, uh, it will guide our thoughts, and again, it'll, it'll bring to mind uh, other needs, things that you would, maybe aren't even on your prayer list, and and you know you have your list, and you can look down and you see people's names, but uh, maybe it'll bring up people that aren't even on your list, but you bring them up. <laughs> I read one testimony of a of a lady that um, someone that she had moved away from fifteen twenty years earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was, a, I think it was a schoolmate, maybe. And um, she, her name just came into her mind while she was praying. Uh, and she, she prayed about that woman that she, she'd have opportunity to, to testify to her and talk to her again. And she got home that night, and that lady called her that night. <laughs> and it had been, it's been 20 years. And that lady just happened to call her, wanted to catch up over the phone. What was it? Well, that wasn't a response to, to prayer. And God answers prayer. And this aspect of prayer, this number four here, uh, is an exciting uh, way of, of praying. Uh, maybe not for your whole prayer, but for a part of, of your prayer time of opening up a psalm and just allowing God to work through that psalm in your life uh, as, you, as you pray. And tonight as we close, I would like for us um, on your sheet there, it says practice at Psalm 14. Uh, you don't have to use Psalm 14. Well, maybe you want to use you know, Psalm 100 or Psalm 78 or Psalm 107 or you know, some other psalm, that uh, Psalm 23, Psalm 1. Uh, but as we close in prayer tonight, I would like for you to just spend some time, whether you just do one or two verses, um, and just pray and ask God to, as you're reading through that verse to, to bring things to mind to pray about and before we pray